Wherever you are in your adoption journey, we are a community centered around love, trust, and respect for the experience and opportunities that have made us families. We promise to share, encourage, support, and celebrate the day-to-day of adoptive mamahood together. I'm Liz. And I'm Sarah. And together, we are Two Adoptive Mamas. Welcome back to Two Adoptive Mamas. It's Liz and Sarah here. Hey guys, welcome back. And we are very excited to chat with our guest, Sasha, tonight. Sarah, I'm going to let you introduce her. Yes, we are so excited. Sasha, thank you so much for joining us. Sasha is a listener of the Two Adoptive Mamas podcast. And um, a bit ago, we kind of put a question out to our listeners about topics that you wanted to hear about. And something that we um, heard from many of you was about parenting, biological, and also adoptive or foster children in the same family. And so Sasha said that she was willing to share her story. And so it's always a privilege to get to know a new mama to us. Um, And so we're really happy to have you here. Thanks, Sasha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, this is great. So let's just start off, share a little bit about your family's journey, how you came to be an adoptive mama. Tell us what we need to know. Um, so my family is pretty intertwined with adoption. My father was adopted. My husband has 10 first, um, 10 adopted first cousins. Um, I have many close friends that were adopted as well. Um, when my daughter was four months old, it just, when you know that you are needing to grow a family, you just know it in your heart. And I just knew it in my heart that I had a child that I needed to find through adoption. And so we went through that process. Um, we were chosen and then the grandparents, uh, decided that they also, um, wanted to parent and raise this little girl. Um, and so we went to court for about nine months and unfortunately we lost, um, and it was very, very hard and and heartbreaking. And then three months later, um, we got chosen for our, our beautiful daughter, Anastasia. And then shortly after I found out I was pregnant. And so we have children very close together, but that was, yeah, how that came about a long journey for sure. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I know, uh, as a listener, you probably heard this already, but we always like to ask, and you know, we talk about hard is hard and not being judgmental of somebody's story and like what's going on in their life. That's difficult. So if you're willing to share, what is something that is hard for your family in this current season right now? I absolutely love that you guys talk about that. I just want to say that first, because I am just such like I feel so strongly about that statement because there are so many times when I'm talking to my friends and I'm like, well, you know, it's not as bad as this, or it's not as bad as that. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if someone is drowning in two inches of water or two miles of water, they're drowning. And I'm like, it does not matter. You're still in pain. Pain is pain. But for me, I think like 
you know, the quote unquote less serious things are that my two babies are teething at the same time, getting molars right now. And so we are so tired. And for some reason, they can't seem to just wake up in the middle of the night at the same time. It has to be right after another. And so we're just not sleeping. And more on like the deeper side, more serious is racism, you know, with my children and myself, you know, I'm Native American, two daughters are Native American, one daughter is Black, and hoping that people around us care about Black Lives Matter, as well as educating on the real Indigenous history of this country. Hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And um, the, how, how you phrase it when people say, well, it's not as bad as no, 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 like, everything, everything that you just shared is real and you're in the trenches with it and you're experiencing it every day. And so I appreciate you sharing that so much. Yeah, definitely. So this is a tough question to ask Sasha, but one that's been asked by families with biological children and are maybe considering adoption. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and ask it. So do you struggle with treating your biological and adopted children the same or parenting them the same? We realize but there's a lot of nuances as to why children from hard places need different parenting. And so um, something we've kind of talked about on here is how to reconcile that. So let's go with the first part of that question first, and that's parenting the same. Parenting the same, uh, no, because I mean, no one parents their children the same, but um, treating my children the same, absolutely. I love my children unconditionally, and I don't feel that it is a tough question because I feel that if you are humbled and you really know who you are as a parent that you love unconditionally, then it's a pretty easy question because you love your children, no matter what it is. I was talking to someone actually a couple of days ago and she was talking about how her nephews were adopted and how her sister would always say, oh, they're so rebellious. They're so rebellious because they were adopted. They're so rebellious because they were adopted. And I was like, you know, teenagers are just kind of in general rebellious. I don't think it has anything to do with them being adopted. I remember quite well me being rebellious. And so I feel sometimes, you know, people put on this overanalyzing it. They're like, no, this is happening because they were adopted. And I'm like, no, it's, they're just kids. They're just children. And I feel like when people do see that though, it has so much more damage to their children than they could imagine. Cause I couldn't imagine someone saying, oh, Sasha is more rebellious because she's native. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so then let's kind of talk about the second part of that question. So obviously in adoptive and foster situations, we are loving children. I mean, they have, there is a trauma there because they are not with their family of origin. Um, and so when we're loving children from hard places, we might have to parent differently to love them well. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we're loving them differently or any less or any more. So um, how would you kind of speak to that from your experience? I think it's always knowing that that little hole is going to be there, that they're always going to have this little bit of a struggle. And as much as I would love to fill that hole and I'd love to take away any sort of pain, I know that I can never do that. And so I feel like educating myself on the best way to do, I mean, there's so many resources on how to best parent and understand, and as well as just listening to adoptees and what they find helpful, you know, in parenting 
those little things. Yeah, I feel it's really just, I think, being humble and realizing that we can't fix everything as yeah. much as we would love to. Definitely. And you raise a good point that it's a privilege to come alongside them in that and not trying to necessarily fill the hole, but, um, to help them navigate that as we parent. So sometimes I would say sometimes that's pretty hard for a mom to like, to, to get to that point and be like, I can never meet that. I mean, like we have this drive to meet Mm -hmm. the needs of our babies (laughs) and, um, you know, like you said, there's, there's a hole there that that's not something that I, I was meant to fill. And, to be able to come to peace with that and, you know, work, work through that with God. It takes, it takes some time for some mamas. All some of us really have been done. I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm saying I, I am saying it. <laughs> I would love to fill it as, you know, all moms just want to, you know, make their, all the pain go away for their babies. Every mom, they don't want to see any of their children in pain. And of course, like in theory, I'm going to be a perfect mother and be like, Oh, I will never fill this hole. But and probably realistic actions. I'm going to try. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, so you said, you know, moms all try to do this, which I think is true. So I really think, you know, moms have this unique community with one another. Um, and I would say as, this, especially as adoptive moms, we kind of like bunch together a lot because we get it. We have this like added level to, you know, our families and, and yeah, I'm using air quotes here. Like we, people, we say that we get it, but you have both biological and adopted in your home. And so I'd love to hear more from you about what it looks like for you to be in community with those mamas who get it with adoption and, um, those mamas who don't have adopted kiddos in their home. And, you know, when you're thinking about how that community looks with those, those mamas, you know, what are your lasting, what are your favorite ways to make lasting connections? Um, I would say the way that I make lasting connections with either group is I think of mutual respect um, because no matter what, I, <laughs> I have yet to make a mom friend who is exactly like me. They have all been polar opposites, um, whether it's no screen time because I'm a screen time mom, but most of my friends are like no screen time, no TV, doesn't matter what kind of mom. And I think, and they're so wonderful. Like they are such good human beings and they're so service oriented. You know what? I changed my mind. That's the key service. They are constantly what side of the way it is constantly trying to find ways to serve me, which has such a lasting impact because when we had, and I know the word is disrupted, but I feel in this case, when we were in court for nine months, it was a failed adoption. Um, You know, the adoptive moms like really got that pain. They truly understood it like no one else. And there were women that I have never met that were reaching out to me via social media to comfort me, which was absolutely amazing. And that was one way of service that has such a lasting impact. And bio moms who don't have adoptive children, they were sending meals or saying, you know, can I take the kids for you? So you have a moment to yourself or, you know, babysitting my children so I can go on these, um, visits, these court visits that I was allowed to have, you know, just like these constantly serving one another had such a lasting impact. And like, I don't think that anyone will truly ever know how much I love and appreciate 
the women around me who just picked me up in that moment. I loved that. And I loved your like focus and zero in on service. I think um, that's a universal thing, you know, Um, can you maybe uh, dive in a little bit too on you, you mentioned a lot about how people were had given service for you. Is there some way that you have found like really effective for your family to serve other adoptive parents or um, biological parents or both? And, you know, kind of how do you process that as like a family unit and make that part of your culture? Um, I think one thing when a lot of people love to reach out um, because they obviously know that we have adopted and they have so many questions and I am more than willing to give them all of the questions, resources, information, because it's a lot. And I am more than willing to serve in that way. Um, And I also, um, someone close to us um, recently adopted. And so I think sending gifts, we also love to send gifts like Amazon. So you don't even have to be like in state we're someone near close, like we will send it through Amazon to another state. We'll leave it at the door or if someone just has a new baby, I love sending them gifts. And so we'll, we'll we will also write cards and I'll have the little girls scribble on it <laughs> and send them the cards. That way they're always thought of. Um, I've also done, again, cause we just moved. So I don't have a lot of friends currently in my area. So a lot of what I'm saying is like, um, Uber Eats, <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> I do a lot of um, sending it that way. <laughs> well, that all counts. And hey, it's all, you know, a way to make a family or a new mom or new parents or a family unit, as you said, Liz, feel supported. So those are really great examples. Um, so something we wanted to touch upon and and you kind of started to answer this, but was about the adoptive mom, mom community empowering and strengthening one another. So Can you give maybe a specific example, um, whether it was through your first experience um, when you had the failed adoption or then with your daughters, um, just how maybe you specifically leaned into other adoptive moms to learn about their experience? Yeah. um, So, oh my gosh, I can't. Oh, April. April. And I think it starts in the F. I'm really blanking on her name, which is very embarrassing because I love her so much. She does a podcast for adoption now. Um, called adoption now. And I remember in that moment, I didn't know who to reach. And so I just messaged her and I was like, I don't, you don't know me. I'm really struggling. You know, they said it was going to be fine, but now it looks like it's not going to be fine with the whole court. And I don't know what to do. And within five minutes, she texted me her phone number and she was saying, you can call me right now and let's talk a perfect stranger. And so we, we talked, she gave me some advice. I felt so much better. And, you know, another, it was, she was an influencer. She's based in Utah. She reached out and she said, you know, I've also gone through this. It was extremely painful. You have this, it's going to be okay. You will bring your child home. And I, I'm getting emotional thinking about, I'm sorry because the fact that someone who has never met me or even heard of me (laughs) from that point, just like me reaching out and they were so willing to be there and be supportive is just so beautiful. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you, 
you're, you're definitely resonating with both of us. And I know everyone who's listening. And I think it's probably fair to say that um, anyone who has adopted or is fostering or has fostered, there's been at least one part of the process, if not more, that has been less than perfect um, and unpredictable and left us with a scar that will just always be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just something so comforting um, about being able to reach out to someone who, like you said, Sasha, can relate to the pain and it doesn't matter that you've never met. You probably will never meet. Um, and you might not even ever talk again, but someone who could meet you in that moment, um, and just understand even a piece of what you were experiencing. And I think that's part of what makes the adoptive mom community so special, um, is that there's always someone waiting on the other end of the phone or an email or a text or an Instagram chat message, um, to say, I've been there and I'm on the other side and here's how you can be too. So great, great, great point. I would like to also make a point if that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not one to reach out a whole lot for help. And I remember just being like so low that it felt like the only thing to do. And I know a lot of moms feel the same way that it is so hard to ask for help and it's so hard to reach out. But if I can just say to anyone who feels like they need it to just do it, to just like ask for help or to reach out because it isn't imposing on anyone. People are generally really good and more than willing to help. And it will make your life so much better in such a small way or even in a big way. And I think Uh, even, sorry, Liz, to, I'm just really resonating with what you're saying, Sasha, is that when you give another mom an opportunity to share kind of what they went through and how they're on the other side, it's probably partly healing for them too, because it's, they're able to use that pain to help someone else. And so I think that's part of what makes it beautiful too. Okay, Liz, now I'll let you ask your question. <laughs> I No, I really honestly was just going to say that was really beautifully said, Sasha, and I'm grateful that you did. So thank you. <laughs> but yes, we can slightly switch gears here for the next question, slightly maybe. Um, and I know we had kind of had a, a brief, a brief offline conversation about this question. So just want to make sure that our listeners can hear your thoughts on this, Sasha. But so how can... And adopt the adoptive mom community show love and connection to those mamas who don't have adoption or adoptive children in their home. And, you know, what has parenting your own biological children taught you about other moms who don't have adoptive kiddos in their room or in their room, in their house? Um, I said nothing. Uh, I think nothing. I think we are so much exactly the same. We're all just trying to make it to bedtime so we can eat our favorite junk food without having to share and watch the bachelorette or bachelor in paradise currently in peace without the kids bothering us or whatever your show of choice, whatever your show of choice is (laughs) or a snack reading or a snack or bath, whatever it is. We're I'm counting the seconds to bedtime. Okay. So Sasha, if you were talking to a prospective adoptive parent, um, who already has biological children in their home, what is the best piece of advice that you could give them on how to prepare their biological children or just in general, how to welcome their child? I think first I'd say be prepared for the journey because everyone warns you of that. Everyone warned me. They're like, it's a journey. It will be hard. 
And of course, we all think we're immune to pain. And I'm like, not me. It's going to be easy. It's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. I'm not going to have any issue. Didn't happen. <laughs> so prepare for the journey. I would say that if you're thinking of adoption, to ask yourself, why? Are you doing it to save someone? Or are you doing it to grow your family? Because if you're doing it to save someone, I would say that's not um, the best reason to have a child. Just, you know, even if you're having bio children, you don't have a bio child to save a child. You have a child because you want to grow your family and have love. And I would say to really take that in. And I would also say to prepare for your children. I think this one's tough because my child is young, but I feel that if you as a parent show and are raising your child to love unconditionally, it will be so easy because if they see and feel your unconditional love for them, they're going to have unconditional love for their sibling. Do you know, like, I, I guess I'm not the best of the sibling or the child one because my daughter was so young and she's like, this is just my sister's my sister. You know, she's three. So <laughs> her ability to process very in-depth things is minimal, but yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, definitely it will be different as, um, as they get older and like Liz, your children are a little bit older school age and my daughter is also three Sasha. So, and we're in the process to adopt again. And she kind of thinks this is totally normal that she's just waiting for a brother or sister. In fact, she told her swim teacher the other day that she was going to get a brother or sister. And I told Liz like that made for an interesting conversation when the swim teacher looked at me and I was like, well, it's a little more complicated than that. But, um, I think that what's that? I said, I love that about little kids. They're just so excited. They're so innocent. It's just sibling. And to them it's simple. Right. And I think sometimes, we make it a little more difficult than it has to be. I mean, it is, it is, there's a lot of, um, it's a multifaceted experience and way to build a family. But I think you, you raise a good point about kind of leading by example, um, in that too. So. All right, Sasha, our final question for the night. Uh, one of our promises at two adoptive mamas is to help each other navigate the day to day. So what are you doing right now to navigate your day to day that you can share with a mama who needs it? <laughs> um, do the self care, read the book, take the bath, get your nails done, leave your kids with your partner and leave. I think go do what you want to do. Leave the house. Awesome. Sasha, thank you so much for your insights and sharing your story and your heart. Um, and some of those little life hacks, um, that you shared along the way, but especially just, you know, the beautiful story that your family is living right now. Um, and with having both biological and adoptive kiddos in the home, I think, um, all the things that you have said tonight will resonate with our listeners. And I appreciate it so much. And um, for our listeners out there, thank you for listening. And um, you can find more resources. You can connect with Sasha um, and connect with uh, some of the things that we've talked about tonight on our website at Two Adoptive Mamas, or you can find Sasha and both of us on Instagram. And we'll make sure that we link all those things um, when we post this episode. So for tonight, thanks for your time. And you've got this, Mama. 
Thanks so much for listening. We'd be honored if you would leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. We're so grateful for your time and hope you can help us share our message with others. Remember to stay connected with Two Adoptive Mamas at twoadoptivemamas.com slash connect. We look forward to being back with you soon, but until then, remember, you've got this mama. Mama.